Book two, chapter nine of Amelia, volume one. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Amelia by Henry Fielding. Chapter nine, containing a scene of a different kind from any of the preceding. The gentleman who now arrived was the keeper, or if you please, for so he pleased to call himself, the governor of the prison. He used a little ceremony at his approach that the bolt which was very slight on the inside gave way and the door immediately flew open he had no sooner entered the room than he acquainted miss matthews that he had brought her very good news for which he demanded a bottle of wine as his due this demand being complied with he acquainted miss matthews that the wounded gentleman was not dead nor was his wound thought to be mortal the loss of blood and perhaps his fright had occasioned his fainting away but i believe madam said he if you take the proper measures you may be bailed to-morrow i expect the lawyer here this evening and if you put the business into his hands i warrant it will be done money to be sure must be parted with that's to be sure people to be sure will expect to touch a little in such cases for my own part i never decide to keep a prisoner longer than the law allows not i i always inform them they can be bailed as soon as i know it i never make any bargain not i i always love to leave those things to the gentlemen and ladies themselves I never suspect gentlemen and ladies of wanting generosity miss matthews made a very slight answer to all these friendly professions she said she had done nothing she repented of and was indifferent as to the event all i can say cries she is that if the wretch is alive there is no greater will in life than himself and instead of mentioning anything of the bail she begged the keeper to leave her again alone with mr booth the keeper replied nay madam perhaps it may be better to stay a little longer here if you have not bail ready than to buy them too dear besides a day or two hence when the gentleman is past all danger of recovery to be sure some folks would expect an extraordinary fee now cannot expect to touch anything and to be sure you shall want nothing here the best of all things are to be had here for money both eatable and drinkable though i say it i shan't turn my back to any of the taverns for either eatables or wind the captain there need not have been so shy of owning himself when he first came in we have had captains and other great gentlemen here before now and no shame to them though i say it many great gentlemen is sometimes found in places that don't become them half so well let me tell them that captain booth let me tell them that i see sir answered booth a little discomposed that you are acquainted with my title as well as my name ay sir cries the keeper and i honour you the more for it i love the gentlemen of the army i was in the army myself formerly in the lord of oxford's horse it is true i rode private but i had money enough to have bought in quartermaster when i took it into my head to marry and my wife she didn't like that i should continue a soldier she was all for a private life and so i came to this business upon my word sir answered booth you consulted your wife's inclinations very notably but pray will you satisfy my curiosity in telling me how you became acquainted that i was in the army for my dress i think could not betray me betray replied the cooper there is no betraying here i hope i am not a person to betray people but you are so shy and peery you would almost make one suspect there was more in the matter and if there be i promise you you need not be afraid of telling me you will excuse me giving you a hint but the sooner the better that's all others may be beforehand with you and first come first serve on these occasions that's all informers are odious there's no doubt of that and no one would care to be an informer if he could help it because of the ill usage they always receive from the mob yet it is dangerous to trust too much and when safety and a good part of the reward too are on one side and the gallows on the other i know which a wise man would choose what the devil do you mean by all this cries booth no offence i hope answered the keeper i speak for your good 
and if you have been upon the snuffling lay you understand me i'm sure not i answered booth upon my honour nay nay replied the keeper with a contemptuous sneer if you are superior as that comes to you must take the consequence but for my part i know i would not trust robinson with two pence untold what do you mean cries booth who is robinson and you don't know robinson answered the keeper with great emotion to which booth replying in the negative the keeper after some tokens of amazement cried out well captain i must say you are the best at it of all the gentlemen i've ever saw however i will tell you this the lawyer and mr robinson have been laying their heads together about you above half an hour this afternoon i've heard them mention captain booth several times and for my part i would not answer that mr murphy is not now gone about the business but if you will impeach any to me of the road or anything else i will step away to this worship thresher this instant and i am sure i have interest enough with him to get you admitted in evidence and so cries booth you really take me for a highwayman no offence captain i hope said the keeper as times go there are many worse men in the world than those gentlemen may be driven to distress and when they are i know no more genteeler way than the road it hath been many a brave man's case to my knowledge and men of as much honour too as any in the world well sir said booth i assure you i am not the gentleman of honour you imagine me miss matthews who had long understood the keeper no better than mr booth no sooner heard his meaning explained that she was fired with greater indignation than the gentleman had expressed how dare you sir said she to the keeper insult a man of fashion and who have had the honour to bear his majesty's commission in the army as you yourself own you know if his misfortunes have sent him hither sure we have no laws that will protect such a fellow as you insulting him fellow muttered the keeper i would not advise you madam to use such language to me do you dare threaten me replied miss matthews in a rage venture in the least instant to exceed your authority with regard to me and i will prosecute you with the utmost vengeance a scene of very high altercation now ensued till booth interposed and quieted the keeper who was perhaps enough inclined to an accommodation for in truth he waged unequal war he was besides unwilling to incense miss matthews whom he expected to be bailed out the next day and who had more money left than he intended she should carry out of the prison with her and as for any violent unjustifiable methods the lady had discovered much too great a spirit to be in danger of them the governor therefore in a very gentle tone declared that if he had given any offence to the gentleman he heartily asked his pardon that if he had known him to be really a captain he should not have entertained any such suspicions but the captain was a very common title in that place and belonged to several gentlemen that had never been in the army or at most had read private like himself to be sure captain said he as you yourself own your dress is not very military for i had on a plain fustian suit and besides as the lawyer says nosquito associer is a very good rule and i don't believe there is a greater rascal upon earth than the same robinson that i was talking about nay i assure you i wish there may be no mischief hatching against you but if there is i will do all i can with the lawyer to prevent it to be sure mr murphy is one of the cleverest men in the world at the law that even his enemies must own and as i recommend him to all the business i can and it is not a little to be sure that arises in this place why one good turn deserves another and i may expect that he will not be concerned in any plot to ruin any friend of mine at least when i desire him not i am sure he could not be an honest man if he would booth was then satisfied that mr robinson whom he did not yet know by name was the gamester who had won his money at play and now miss matthews who had very impatiently borne this long interruption prevailed on the keeper to withdraw as soon as he was gone mr booth began to felicitate her upon the news of the wounded gentleman being in a fair likelihood of recovery 
to which after short silence she answered there is something perhaps which you will not easily guess that makes your congratulations more agreeable to me than the first account i heard of the villain's having escaped the fate he deserves for i do assure you at first it did not make me amends for the interruption of my curiosity now i hope you shall be disturbed no more till you have finished your whole story you left off i think somewhere in the struggle about leaving amelia the happy amelia and can you call her happy at such a period cries booth happy ay happy in any situation answered miss matthews with such a husband i at least may well think so who have experienced the very reverse of her fortune but i was not born to be happy i may say with the poet the blackest ink of fate was sure my lot and when fate writ my name it made a plot nay nay dear miss matthews answered booth you must and shall banish such gloomy thoughts fate hath i hope many happy days in store for you do you believe it mr booth she replied indeed you know the contrary you must know for you can't have forgot no amelia in the world can have quite obliterated forgetfulness is not in our own power if it was indeed i have reason to think but i know not what i am saying pray do proceed in the story booth so immediately complied with this request that it is possible he was pleased with it to say the truth if all which unwittingly dropped from miss matthews was put together some conclusions might it seems be drawn from the whole which could not convey a very agreeable idea to a constant husband booth therefore proceeded to relate what is written in the third book of this history End of book two chapter nine recorded by julia niedermeyer